And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Prior to the scene in today's Gospel, Jesus has been proclaiming the good news throughout Galilee. He has been calling the disciples, casting out demons, healing paralytics and lepers, and debating with the religious authorities. Jesus attracted a large following because of his miracles. Yet in the demonstration of his power, over physical and demonic affliction, the question concerning by whose authority he was able to cast out demons and heal the sick was raised by the religious leaders of Israel. For many following Jesus, they thought he was another Elijah. For the Pharisees, the source of Jesus' power was demonic. Jesus' power was either a sign that he was a true prophet or that he was another imposter, a false savior. Both interpretations miss Mark's point that this authority is intrinsic to Jesus. For St. Mark, the belief that Jesus can work miracles is not enough. It is not yet faith. Mark's portrayal of Jesus is best understood as an unveiling, an apocalypse, designed to reveal the truth about who Jesus is. This gospel of our Lord calming the storm is an epiphany, a revealing of his power. In today's gospel, Jesus has been teaching from a boat and large crowds have gathered along the shore of Galilee in order to hear him. Now that evening has approached, Jesus has grown tired, and he directs his disciples to cross the Sea of Galilee, and as they are doing so, Jesus falls asleep. While he is asleep in the stern, a great storm threatens to capsize the boat, and the disciples wake him up and say to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And immediately the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Jesus, by whom all things were made, simply rebuked the wind which has no ears but hears and the sea, which has no will, but obeys. And the disciples are shocked. If there's one thing to take away from this gospel, the one thing about Jesus in this story, it is his holiness. If the disciples knew this, they would have believed that even when he was sleeping, he could have preserved their lives. They were in doubt about him. For since he stilled the sea by the power of his own word, they thought him divine. But since he was asleep, they thought he was a man.
And so amidst the sea and the wind's senseless acknowledgement of their master, the disciples were confused and struck by a holy terror. There is a commonly held notion that humanity's belief in God meets a certain psychological need, that we fear the senselessness of natural catastrophes, and so we make the storm or the sea or the wind into a god, that we sense the power of these unknown forces and fashion God in the likeness of natural things. Our gospel begins with a great storm, and yet it is followed by a great calm, which causes the disciples to fear all the more. It results in great fear, great reverence. Reverence at the holiness, the uniqueness of Jesus' authority. It is not the greatness of the storm, but the manner of the man who calmed the storm through the power of his word, which is the source of this reverence. That Jesus, asleep in the stern, is also he that keepeth Israel, who shall neither slumber nor sleep. This epiphany of Jesus' power is not that he is just another prophet or wonder worker or founder of a new religion, nor only that he makes sense of the senselessness of the fear we have concerning our mortality. It is that he is the very word, the logos, the logic of God's intervention into the great confusion and fear of this world, that he is the God of Israel, from whence our help comes. One commentator notes, Mark's readers know that God did not deliver Jesus from death, but raised him from the dead. This story calls them to a faith in the God who saves through and beyond death, not necessarily from death. The disciples do not and cannot know that the epiphany of the Son of God will be on the cross to insist that God manifest his saving power to keep them from dying in the storm is pictured as a profound lack of faith. The fear and reverence that result from the realization that Jesus is the Holy One of Israel, whose power is not derived from the forces of nature, but is utterly alien to the world, that he alone is the Holy One, this is the substance of the Christian faith. It is the same fear that the disciples felt toward Jesus in this boat that later on in Mark's gospel, he describes as Mary having when she encounters the resurrected Christ. And so we are confronted, like the earliest Christian community reading Mark, with the ultimate image of power and love in the crucified and resurrected Christ. The early church cherished the symbolism of today's gospel, finding in the storm a picture of the church's life in the world, and in the symbol of the boat, an ark, in which we may safely travel. And that the fear and the reverence the disciples felt toward the man in the boat 
is the image of the God who is always with us. This is also the same Christ we approach in the Eucharist, who bids us to draw near with faith, who for those in the ark of his church, he continually gives himself. Having made us alive, having saved us by the wood of the cross, this is the resurrected Christ and the ascended Christ, who says to us, fear not, for I have overcome the world. In the name of God, the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.